That's Arthi. That's Noor. And you're listening to The Reality Is. Oh my god, hi, hello. Hi! <laughs> I missed you! I don't know, Arthi. didn't seem like you were missing me that much. You seemed very busy. No, I wasn't with your maryland friends (laughs) i missed you so much that day because you know how awkward i get (laughs) i don't know you are the one who talks to them online and chats with them and every sentence they started out with is you know when i chatted with noor and when i discussed with noor like i told noor and i was like okay i know you chatted with Noor. You know Noor. You're like, I'm here also. Well, yeah. I'm just, I, I, I was know. And close. I was like, you know, I read read all of that back and forth with Noor. <laughs> she just oh. finds time during the day to chat back with you. I don't. <laughs> I read it when I go to bed. Yeah. Well, it looked like it was a blast. It was. I won't tell you who, but somebody got hit on by the bartender. Oh. It was a strong connection. Oh. So then I hope she responded to him because it was he was cute too. And then he was so enamored by all of us that he took us on a tour of the infamous barn. Which, can I tell you something? Yeah. Are you recording this? I am. That barn is like, my goodness, it's like really a barn like the the flooring is uneven the lighting is uneven it felt like truly we were walking onto a farm with the barn and it was like this cannot be where we filmed with all those people sitting there and no that was it they had that table that apparently for the real housewives they put it on beer barrels so it was higher but yeah. really, it was a low table, and we got to sit around the table and reenact all of our scenes. <laughs> we we found the one restroom in the corner that Ashley went to. We found we, there's only one door that goes down to the other part of the barn, which is downstairs, and it has a bar. So that's where uh, Monique was stuck behind the door and she went out running and came around back up through the side door and back up the stairs to get in and the producer was holding the door closed. So we found that door. Oh it's God. all there. It's all there. But it's a it's a fucking barn. It's like, <laughs> and we went on a hot day so we were like sweating bullets. And the guy was like, bartender Thomas. Hey, Thomas, if you're listening, he was like, you guys can stay here. You want to bring all your food here and you want to hang out in the barn? We're like, no. It was so, (laughs) first of all, it was a dingy barn. And on top of it, it was so hot inside the barn. So we had to get out. Do you remember on the episode, like, because, you know, each lady has like hosts a party and Mm -hmm. it's their party. Whose party was it? Was it Robin's party? I have a feeling. Who was that? Who who was celebrating what? What was, whose party was it? I have a feeling it's very, I can see it being Robin or Giselle's party because it (laughs) Yeah, it feels this like This is a not a place where Karen Huger would think of having a party. No. Uh, and Candace's bougie ass would not have had the party there. Listeners, okay, let us know. Write us in. Let us know. Whose party was it? 
Because I have a feeling that was a real Giselle and or Robin party. It would definitely yeah. be Robin. It'd be like, I don't know. I found a fucking bar and let's just go there. Like, yeah. I'm even surprised they had a proper No, so the vineyard the way- is awesome. The yeah. wine was awesome. They have a lot of other things than the barn. I think mm-hmm. they picked the barn because it was the most covered and they could li- do the lighting inside it the way mm-hmm. they wanted it for the show. That's what we were told. And I think it would be a good uh, spot for us to have future hangouts with our friends stuff like that it is good i think it and it it must have helped that it was during um it was fall right when they went so it must have been less hot inside the barn the barn was like a furnace once we went in but it was fun we were at the site the infamous barn in in maryland where monique and candace got into a fight so it was awesome yeah and i well, missed you i missed you there we all missed you everyone was asking about you okay i love hearing that you know i love hearing that mm-hmm. um because i'm a virgo that needs a lot of compliments no um well i missed everybody and i missed so much bravo and i've been spending the day like catching up on work and catching up on bravo so tell the listeners where you were oh yeah i should okay how many I- aunties you met no actually i met no aunties Oh, this nice. trip. This was I, it. Oh, technically, oh, I was the auntie. Oh, you didn't tell anyone you were going there. What, oh, <laughs> in Texas. <laughs> no, or were I you didn't. the oldest? Oldest in the group. Yeah, yeah. So I, uh, we actually went to Texas to visit my husband's cousin and my husband's best friend, mm-hmm. um, who are two different people. But okay. we went to go visit them in Houston, Texas. Mm-hmm. And uh, you guys, breaking news: Houston is hot. my god it is so hot so Mm. um but it was nice like it was just mostly my kids hanging out with their friends and like Mm. we also had adults that we really like so we hang out with them so so yeah i didn't have to meet any aunties because technically i think i was the auntie in that Mm. setup but um, i thought you had family in texas no Not, not in houston not in houston ah see you got away with that yeah, if I went to Dallas or uh-huh. Austin, I'd be fucked. Yeah. But Houston, I can – I mean, technically I was with family, but mm-hmm. just family my age. Yeah. Um, but it and was that's really who nice. we mean. When we say family, we mean the old, older family. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, we're like, I'm going to visit yeah. my family. I mean, like, you know, somebody in their 60s. Yeah. Um, but I did – I really missed everybody. I missed talking to you. I missed oh, catching I miss up on too. Bravo, but it was really cute. You want to know something? I've never heard my husband tell so many people about my podcast before. What? He always says it with like a little bit of like a a tinge of, I think, a little bit of an insult. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where he's like, not like about the podcast, like he's super proud of the podcast, but he's always like, he's always like, yeah, I mean, you know, do we do dinner together and then we put the kids to bed and then, you know, we don't watch anything together because she's always podcasting. Yeah. Like, yeah. But then he always says, but she's really good at it and Aww. her podcast is doing really well. And yeah. I'm like, oh my God, can you not compliment me like this in front of your family? Why not? Because my husband I- doesn't even know what I'm doing right now. <laughs> I'm genetically predisposed to not accepting compliments. But then he'll be like, 
I'll take it. And be like, oh, what's your podcast about? And I still have a little bit of embarrassment where I'm like, uh, it's not reality TV shows. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then they're like, what about them? And I'm like, I think I may have sold us as if we are the Bravo docket, which we are obviously not. But I'm mm-hmm. like, you know, like we really care about like when housewives like like commit crimes and we talk about it. No, we like, don't. When they're in the news. But actually what we talk about is like Kathy Hilton eating chips and drinking Red Bull. Yeah, and and when we talk about crime, we're talking about, yeah, I think she knew and she should go to jail. That's about it. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But anyway, it was nice. We don't know what the legalese involved no, in it is. Did you not. see that Cosby got out because of a legal, because of a technicality? It's actually too upsetting for me to even want to talk right. about. Right, right. It's too much. Right. I can't. Right. But I mean, speaking of the legalities and crimes and such. Mm-hmm. So today's episode, I was trying to catch up on Bravo. There's so much stuff that we missed. Mm-hmm. So last week we missed Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. There was no Roni, but there was a Family Karma episode. Mm-hmm. So today we're going to talk about Shaw's from Sunday. Mm-hmm. I actually wrote my notes down. Usually I do a Word document. I wrote it on paper. What? I don't know what's happening to That's me. That's like a I need a vacation from vacation. A tree branch that you killed. Okay. <laughs> For Mike Shued. Yeah. Um okay, so we're gonna talk. So today we're gonna talk about Shaw's from Sunday. Mm-hmm. We're going to mm-hmm. talk about Real Housewives of Beverly Hills from last week. And that's it. Yeah, because we'll keep Family Karma the last episode and today's today's Wednesday. So yeah. there's one episode running right now. The Wednesday episode. We'll keep those two together because I think they will flow well together. Yeah. So we'll talk okay. about yeah. We'll talk about family karma all together on Friday. We'll talk about Married to Medicine Reunion Part One when we talk about Married to Medicine Reunion Part Two. Although I did start to watch it and it was mm-hmm. interesting. Mm-hmm. And uh and then we will do our regular Housewives episode for Saturday. Mm-hmm. We'll catch up. We'll we'll be on top of everything. No one wants to hear old news, but we'll we'll approach it in our own way. Yeah, <laughs> okay, well, exactly. Yeah. The people are clamoring to hear what I think about the origins of Basmati rice, which I did write down. Wait, right what? Where did that come from? It came Who, up in Shaz of wait, wait, wait. and it made me Who upset. is people? How many people do you consider as people? Is it just one person? And is that person's name Tom Hamlet? <laughs> <laughs> oh what who is asking you about the origins of basmati rice nobody is asking us about it but i'm gonna tell them about it and it's not tom hamlet although i feel like tom would ask something like that it's it's it was on Charles of sunset and i wrote it down because it infuriated me how did i miss that i must have completely it was a very you know you may have oh when it. nima was making the food yes 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 yes, yes, yes. yes that bothered yes. me i was like ah nima's dead you need to take a few seats <laughs> Okay. There's no way Iran has the best rice, okay? You need a lot of rain for rice. Well, it's okay, actually well, harder to grow rice in North India because there isn't enough rain. That's why rice is a Southern Indian thing. Yeah. And guess what? Southern India and Thailand and Vietnam are the places to grow rice. And China, okay. maybe. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about Shaz of Sunset. All right. Okay. So we have a boys' night and a girls' night. Boys' mm-hmm. night there. It's Nima, Mike, and Shervin. 
Sherman always yeah. cracks me up when he shows up. Sherman is nice. Sherman is a good friend off. Mm-hmm. He cannot be a main character because I think Sherman is too sane. And he actually has an actual job and business that he cares about that he doesn't want to quite drag into this. Yes. Except he did have that like juicy storyline where he was clearly cheating on his girlfriend, Annalise. But I think that's what Sherman does. It's like Mike. Yeah. There's no, there shouldn't be an expectation of monogamy from Sherman. Not yet. I do think Sherwin has the balls in him to be monogamous if he Mm -hmm. wants to. But I think right now is not the time. So he's going to be sleeping around. Yeah. Also, his voice always surprises me. Does, doesn't it? I'm always taken aback by what he sounds like. I'm like, I did not expect that voice (laughs) to come out of that body. You expect a deeper voice. He sounds like a Muppet. He sounds like a character from a cartoon my children watch. Like, Aww. <laughs> a, very a cute, cute one, though. I do like. I th- I do think Sherman is quite good looking. Oh, he's very handsome. Yeah, and he has yeah. really nice big cars. A lot of big cars with small dick energy with Sherman. Yes, that's true. But anyway, there's a boys' night, and then there's a girls' night at MJ's house, and then there is a Adam and Reza night, which looks very <laughs> sad. <laughs> that was so hilarious. <laughs> the whole thing where the the editors left the space between Reza taking a bite and Adam looking at him. And they just left a few. It was like 10 seconds, but the 10 seconds felt like three minutes. Yeah. And it was so significant where they have nothing to talk to each other. I think Adam and Reza are over it. Reza just likes having somebody easy access around. But otherwise, Adam and Reza have nothing in common anymore. <laughs> they don't. And actually, Adam is just like excruciatingly boring, I think. is the I think so. But what would Reza's attraction be to somebody like that? Does he think that that would it gives him more power and less competition in the house and that's why he's okay with it (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah i think it's something like that i think it's something like he probably feels less threatened around somebody like adam he wants somebody like that around yeah and also like adam kind of to some degree worships reza I think so, but also I don't think... uh, The other thing is I do not think... Like, you would think that if somebody was married to another person, they would have... They would know each other's innermost secrets. I have a feeling Adam has no clue about any of Reza's secrets or even his bank accounts. I I feel like Reza has five other bank accounts that Adam has no clue about. 100%. He has property and he owns stuff that Adam has no clue about. Like, Reza knows everything about... Adam, but Adam does like maybe one quarter of what Reza, who Reza is. <laughs> what do you think about the girls' night at MJ's house? It looked first adorable. of all, MJ's house looked adorable. So cute, so cute. I know that space is not really too big, but she yeah. made that outdoor space look so good. MJ looked awesome. Mm-hmm. I'm loving the blonde hair on MJ. I don't typically like when people change their hair color. Uh, especially our skin tone mm-hmm. to blonde and I, I, I feel like it doesn't quite go well yeah right mm-hmm. so but for mj it looks awesome on her she looks she looks so lighter good. and happier i just that. love that she has this like lovely party 
Uh-huh. And Tommy is just inside reading books to the baby. Isn't that awesome that Tommy said, I don't want to deal with them, but you do what you do. And he just went and stayed with the baby for the whole night. He's the best. He's, he's the best, really. I mean, he's like giving, he has, so you know how people decide, like Adam decided, right? But the people decide that they don't want to be part of the main show. Mm-hmm. And they will only film with their uh, for their side, uh, side scenes, but they're not going to be in any of the main scenes. Like Harry Hamlin? Like Harry Hamlin. When you do that, they tend to become very boring because there's nothing. They're just talking about their life, only their lives and only that one interaction with whoever they're talking to and becomes very boring. Yeah. But I would watch a Tommy show. Yeah, I would love to watch a Tommy and MJ spinoff. I think Tommy is so balanced in how he approaches life in general. He seems very sure of himself. And I think that's what makes a really good reality TV star is somebody who truly is sure of himself. Tommy yeah. is. Tommy knows who Tommy is, even Correct. when Tommy knows he's wrong. Yeah, He knows who he is. Like He's not arguing about this restraining order. Because he's kind of like, yeah, I went to their house and I uh-huh. threatened them and I got this restraining order put on me and that's fine. But I'm not going to like go begging for mercy and try to get the restraining order removed. It's probably entertaining and really funny to Tommy that Reza's the one that put the restraining order on him. Tommy is unbothered. And Reza's the one that like given any opportunity is like, baby chef. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like. That's true. I mean, to have a restra- restraining order like that it's not just uh doing what Reza wants it to do is to bother the tommy and um mj and make adam happy what a bitch adam shut up adam <laughs> shut up adam <laughs> but he's also you know when you put a restraining order like that that's part of your record and when you're going for jobs and yeah. opportunities that is going to affect so this is reza affecting tommy's life on multiple levels right yeah reza's counteraction is not equivalent to tommy's action it's not yeah. which is why the only thing tommy can do in this situation is stick to his guns and not forgive reza because that's not going to necessarily change everything reza has done and the damage that reza might have done for tommy in terms of his employment future employment opportunities and yeah. whatever right reza really screwed Tommy seriously. That's true. This is actual legal action. Why would Tommy then forgive Reza so easily? I don't understand it at all. It makes no damn sense. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. I also like that Tommy calls Golnessa a porcupine this episode. He just keeps coming up with names. He's so good at it and it's true. That's exactly, that's like apt right? Yeah. For Golnessa. That's exactly who she is. She's prickly. She is very prickly like a porcupine. Mm-hmm. And then I, you know, we've said it a couple of episodes. Vanessa is somehow the voice of reason this season, which mm-hmm. is true. But then when they're having the girls night and they're recalling what happened, Destiny says, Mike was so fucked up. What he said was really fucked up. Mm-hmm. I understand to some degree, Vanessa, earlier when they're sitting and talking at the dog park or whatever, mm-hmm. Vanessa's like, why do you care what Mike does? Who mm-hmm. gives a shit what Mike does? Mm-hmm. If mm-hmm. he wants to cheat on his girlfriend, who cares? And yeah. Destiny's like, it's because Paulina comes and talks to me and tells me uh-huh. what's going on. And then... <laughs> 
Gigi's like, yeah, but it all started because of that bitch Paulina. I'm like, wait, but Paulina is getting cheated on. Like, why are you calling? So granted, we think Paulina is a third thirst bucket. Yeah, but I think that's where it's coming from. It's like Gigi is strongly believes that Paulina knows what she's doing. Yeah, she actually true. prefers somebody like this. She's just using Mike. To further herself, just like Paulina told Destiny that, you know, Mike has done 10 times. I'm pretty sure Gigi is knows that. And she's like, oh, you didn't have you didn't have any issues for all these months when he was always cheating. But yeah. all of a sudden, when the cameras come back, you start group thread. Yeah, she keeps bringing it up right. that Paulina right. is the but, one who brought it up. Right. Which is all fine. Yeah. And then. At the party, when they're talking about it, Destiny's like, what Mike said was really horrible when he said the yeah. buying and selling me thing that was yeah. horrible. And London's like, yeah, that was horrible. And then Gigi says, yeah, but Destiny, you were talking shit too. Yeah. Uh, what? Excuse me. No. That mm-hmm. man was in her house mm-hmm. violating her space, mm-hmm. not leaving her home, mm-hmm. and mouthing off and saying disgusting things to her. You cannot say, Gigi, oh, it's because Destiny was talking shit, so it was totally fine for her mm-hmm. for him to retaliate in such yeah. a way. So I was like, you know what, Gigi, sometimes you're great, but then other times you remind me True. that you yeah. used to have a knife collection. Yeah. For the most part this season, I'm agreeing with Gigi. Yeah, on how he she's assessing the overall situation. Every episode, I'm like, "You're right, Gigi." Right, so that's kind of uh, scary. <laughs> it's terrifying, but then it's, it's terrifying because, that Gigi. But it's okay because even when you start to agree with Gigi, don't worry because mm-hmm. then she'll say something dumb like, "Exactly, oh, it's okay, Destiny. You deserve yeah, it because you were talking exactly, shit. exactly." So the second part of it is what we expect from Gigi. Yeah. Right, it's so like, that oh, doesn't it feels like home again. Uh, it's like home again when she's being <laughs> a complete bitch. But yeah, yeah. Now Destiny shares the situation about her being stalked by this really mm-hmm. crazy guy in college, which mm-hmm. genuinely seems really terrifying. But she finds out that her reaction to Mike behaving this way was a trigger. Mm-hmm. Mike is, um, alarming. <laughs> like it's weird it's like it's like easier to see mike be insane and like loud and mouth it's like kind of like watching Gigi be the voice of reason it's like it's easier to watch him be belligerent than to watch him like calmly calling <laughs> destiny like when he called destiny on the phone i was like oh my god is he gonna murder her like why yes so i didn't nice? i didn't think he was calm i thought he was like very serial killerish. yeah like, but then he was praying, so I was like, I can't say that his prayer isn't genuine. No, no, I the can't prayer, do that. No, I don't, I'm not talking about the prayer, but I know Brooks Ayers also went to church with Vicky Gunn-Wilson. It doesn't mean <laughs> anything. It's Excuse like, me. She's the almost next first lady of the ooh, state of yes. California. <laughs> and by the way, her did you see her son respond? Yes. He's like, this is fucking crazy. He's like, she better not fund this shit. <laughs> she, she's like, don't touch my money, bitch. You and your you and your love, love, what is that she calls love it? Tank. Love tank has cost me a lot of money. I know Mike is looking out for number one. I get it. I know. Uh, but yeah, yeah. The minute that Vicky gets, you know, to a certain age, like 70 or 70, 75, yeah. Mike is going to put her in a home. 
Yes. Gonna, by the way, we're talking about Mike as in Vicky Gunvalson's son, yeah, not yeah, Mike yeah, Sheehan. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> Vicky Gunvalson's son is going to put her in an old, old age home. Yeah. And he's going to restrict what money she has. And she's going to be living in a little flat. 100%. 100%. They can't he wait. Do, they don't care. Place. Mike doesn't care. Mike remembers how she has embarrassed him. Yeah. Doing the headstand, the kickstand. So she, he's going to be like, just for that one scene, you're going to pay for it, bitch. Yeah, he's going to load <laughs> her up into a family van and send her off. <gasps> <Ooh, her>. Yes. <laughs> Uh, all right well back to Shaz we also see a scene now this is where where, I'm just just imagining the (laughs) (laughs) oh my god she's gonna get wheeled out of her house like Mike is going to put her in this little little family van and scream, Andale! Andale! <laughs> He's going to be like, whoop this up, bitch. <laughs> He's going to be like, you, I have been nailed to the cross. <laughs> Wait, we're doing like Vicky Gunvalson's like, best hits. But Okay, honestly, she makes great TV. <laughs> she, does. she does. I actually like Vicky Gunnelson on TV because I want to be able to laugh at somebody. I don't want to be frustrated and angry. I don't want to feel those emotions. Yeah. I just want to feel like uh, I just want to be able to laugh. And we, I, Vicky will make me laugh. <laughs> she will. Back to Shaz's Sunset. Thank what you. do you think Sorry. about Reza's book? <laughs> <laughs> the Reza's book? The the uh, what was that? The Memoirs, of the Memoirs of the Geisha. <laughs> I think he's writing a book because he came up with the title. <laughs> oh my god! Yes, that's such a good point. I was like, he just he came up with the title and he thought he it was very clever and funny. And he was like, okay, I'm gonna write a book for that title. <laughs> also, okay, I just want to understand, right? Because this man has been on TV now for what, 10 years, 11 uh-huh. years? Uh-huh. And we've seen all the stories that he's talking about he's going to write. Yeah, we've watched him being bleached, getting bleached. <laughs> no, but we, besides the bleaching, we've seen him with his dad. We've seen yeah, him with his mom. Yeah. We've seen all this stuff. So it's like, I really need to understand what what's the new content you're putting out for us. And so I think you're absolutely right where he came up with a book title and he was like, <laughs> <laughs> okay, I need to capitalize on this. Also, um, even the content that you have provided so far, we didn't really necessarily want it or don't see the point of it. What do you mean? Like his a story about his father and all of that. But it has nothing to do with his personality. It doesn't tell us how it was shaped because he's had all these different storylines. The bottom line is that he's just a terrible person. Yes. But it's it has nothing to do with everything else because he did live an otherwise okay life. He had money and he was all, you know. Well, yes. It's, so here's, here's the thing. I don't That's wanna... his narrative. That I'm like this because of that. But you don't change. I did not get that from him that he was saying that because all of these things happened, I'm a toxic person because hello, Reza doesn't think that he's a toxic person. I think he just wants to share a story that he thinks is interesting because he he thinks that his life is interesting, which is fine. I think it's very unique. But Reza, honey, baby, we've already heard these stories for 11 years on TV. 
every season we hear that you're half Jewish and half yeah. Muslim and you're gay and yeah. your dad and your mom and Iran <laughs> and the revolution. And look, I think those are very important stories, but literally you're not giving us new content. It's like Correct. there's nothing new or exciting here. And he did his first interview was with, for his book was with Destiny. Yeah. Oh and it, it was like, aren't you closer to MJ? Well, and why a Destiny friend. Yeah, but Destiny was a family friend that when Destiny was on People's Couch and all of that, she wasn't in the picture until much later. She started showing up, but she was in she was a family friend, but I don't know if it I I think they knew of each they knew each other, but they weren't like MJ and Reza friends. Well, no, I think that they did know each other because there was a season where Destiny's mom was on camera. Yeah. And Reza, you could tell that Reza and Destiny's mom went way back. So mm. I will give him that, that I do think that Destiny and Reza have a real relationship. Mm. But okay. I also think that it's one of those things where Reza is significantly older than Destiny. Yeah. So I think that he also is using that to make her feel indebted to him mm. for getting her on the show and is like, oh, talk about my family and how interesting we are so that I look more interesting vis-a-vis you. But actually, I'm just getting you to do this because you owe me for getting you on the show. Yeah. He's a snake. Yeah. <laughs> but Reza, he's a snake. Yeah. And then my last note about Shahs of Sunset was Basmati Rice is from India. Mm-hmm. Nima. Yeah. Nima says while he's cooking, he says to his dad, now this rice that we're making, Persian rice is Indian rice, right? And then his dad is like, no, Persian rice is the best rice. Let me tell you, sir. Okay, hold on. Hold the phone, all right? I love going to Persian restaurants, and I love Persian rice. I love a tadig, okay? Mm-hmm. But Persian food that has rice, the rice you use is basmati rice. Mm-hmm. And basmati rice comes from India because mm-hmm. basmati is derived from a Sanskrit word that means Fragrant grain. So how dare you, sir, <laughs> tell us that that is Persian rice. Yeah. When the rice comes from India. Yeah. Okay. But I think what the difference is that Nima was mm-hmm. talking about the raw rice and its source and his dad <laughs> and his dad was talking about rice as in a cooked dish. So he was saying the Persian way of cooking rice is the best way of cooking rice. <laughs> The best rice dish. Yeah. And again, wrong. So that's okay. (laughs) The best way to cook rice is the Indian way to cook rice because that's, it's our grain. (laughs) Listen, I'm not going to weigh in on which way is better. I know that you feel strongly about it because it literally comes from the region where you are from, Mm -hmm. which is South India. So you like the Iranian way of cooking rice. No, no, no. How dare you? No. Don't you dare put words in my mouth, okay? (laughs) All I'm saying is, Uh all I'm saying is that I do Mm -hmm. like both ways of the rice. But Basmati, you heard how angry I was. Basmati Mm -hmm. comes from India, okay? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It does. Yeah. You don't get in the way of me and my carbs, okay? That's what I'm saying, okay? That's (laughs) That's right. That's right. Okay, let's talk about Rehasas of Beverly Hills. So I wanted to talk about it because I did think it was a very interesting episode since we got the most Erica content that we've gotten in a very long time. Yep. Now, just a reminder to everybody, we're talking about Real Hustles of Beverly Hills from last week, not the episode that aired on June 30th, yeah. <laughs> Wednesday, <laughs> as in last night, which is yeah. right now, which is when we're recording. 
so on this episode, we got Erica walking into this Parisian brunch and nobody fucking asking her any questions. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is why the show is fake. The first three lines of my notes are, what the hell? This is bullshit. How do you spend this much time sitting with someone and not asking them what the fuck is going on? Yeah, so I knew because thankfully Bravo told us that this was going to happen with the way Erica walked in and closed the door on the previous episode before this episode that we are discussing. I knew it was going to be, and the title of the episode was, what was it? The Redemption of Erica Jane or something like that. Yeah, some bullshit like that. Some bullshit like that. So I was like, okay. So Bravo is going to do a cut where Erica has said, if you want me to continue filming, this major lot thing is happening. You yeah. want me on the show because this is going to give you ratings. So I have my conditions. The condition is that you will give me a good cut and you will make sure that I, I am portrayed well mm. and that can come back and I will spin my own narrative and you will film me and we will talk about me. You will get an awesome season after almost two or maybe three uh, seasons of like really bad storylines. Mm. And Bravo said, sure, then you get to control the narrative. So that's what happened. That's my big conspiracy theory. So what I did was I ignored everything about Erica Jane in that scene. And I concentrated on why is this called a Parisian party? (laughs) Like it's Kyle's old house. What about the theme is Parisian? I couldn't understand it. The caviar. So they have, they move. So she moves them through three rooms. Uh-huh. For the three different courses. Uh-huh. Initial living space, living room, where they, the, right. the first room that they come in and they sit down. Then they move to the dining room, which is set up completely. So the living room was well lit. And then the dining room was all dark. Mm-hmm. So they had to have a whole other lighting scheme. And then she moved party to outdoors where there were two high tables. But everybody just congregated around one. And, and then, they barely ate that damn cake. Okay. Did you see okay. that? I am so they... upset. I just I, know. I just remembered the cake. That was so good. Yeah. It was a tiramisu. And, I and, want... the cake, and the cake came and they all just looked at it and they kind of looked at it like, oh no, how am I going to eat this sugar? Yeah. Okay. The way the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills look at food makes me really, really upset. They don't eat it enough. Even the caviar, they're like, mm, yum, this is so good. I've like never, oh, it makes me, you know me, I love food. I just, me it's, too. first of all, it's bad manners. You don't go to somebody's house and not really eat that food. What? Especially- and there are kids hungry in this world. You have that food in front of you. Damn it, eat it. Yes, it was very distracting. There was nothing Parisian about it. It looked like it was a really awkward party. Like, why did you have high top tables in your backyard for a couple of plates of dessert? It made no sense. I was like... So then when... Yeah, it was completely weird. The dessert had their names and the camera literally showed everybody's dessert plate. It was half eaten. Yeah. What is it? Dorit and uh, Kyle decide to have a conversation. Yeah. I was like, okay, at least maybe they will move to the other high top. So there's a reason mm-hmm. for the other high top. No, they went way back in into a fourth room. Yeah. 
and where they were sitting down and they were having a conversation. And then the ladies outside barely stood there. Then they were like, okay, we should go back in. You think this was a trick by Kyle, aka the agency, to see more of the house and what it looks like since people love the house so much and they're just trying to sell it probably. Oh, that could be it because then they get all these housewives shots, the different scenarios. And they mm-hmm. can use it in their publicity. Yep. We are full of conspiracy theories today. We really are. So Erica shares with them after a long time. This is why Arthi and I wouldn't be good housewives. Because if somebody walked into the room and there were in the news with headlines about them that day. And then they wanted to sit and just talk about other bullshit for an entire meal. I think we would combust. Yeah. I would be like, the minute she walked in, I would run up, give her a hug and say, oh my God, how are you doing? How's the lawsuit? Are you okay? Yeah. And that would are be you, it. I would like address say, it right are you away. Okay? They didn't no. even say, are you okay? They weren't like, are you okay? How's everything going? Like, do you want to no. tell us anything? She was just like, they were literally brushing it under the rug until at the end of the lunch, maybe. Mm-hmm. And then she starts talking about it. And it, it all starts because they're talking about cars. And she's like, oh, I had to get a Range. They're talking about a Range Rover like it's a Kia, which, by the mm-hmm. way, Kias are great cars. But Range Rovers are very expensive cars. They're still six-figure cars. Mm-hmm. So I don't understand. Yeah. Then Erica opens up and starts telling them about all of the material things she had to let go of and also her marriage. <laughs> And then through the episode, we see her rental house. She goes to like a drinks with Rinna. And Rinna suddenly is Miss I Respect Everyone's Privacy and Private Mm -hmm. Space. I don't Mm -hmm. know who she is now Mm -hmm. pretending to be. But it's actually, if anybody looks like they're going to combust, it's Rinna. Yes. Rinna looks like she's dying inside. Yeah. She's like, what the fuck is happening? Like, you can. She wants she- to talk so badly about it. She yeah. wants to you ask better questions. I'm going to talk about it. Yeah. What happened to that lady? But she doesn't know how this is going to play because this is not some, this is not some BS that she concocted like Lucy Lucy apple juice. This is real <laughs> legal shit. So, yeah, and I know point. that Harry is going to be behind her saying, "Do not speak another word because we don't want any attention on us." So just. Keep quiet. Don't see us. And that's true for all of the other ladies, too. This is Beverly Hills we are talking about. They're all shutting up because they all have so much gunk in their closet and they are afraid that this will come out. That if they start talking about it down the line, there might be somebody. They're like thinking about, ooh, should I put away that Versace that was on the table? Maybe I shouldn't show it so much on camera because this could lead to more attention to me. So that's what they're afraid of. So they're all thinking about self-preservation. And I wonder if they went for Denise because Denise was sort of so flighty and kind of like lost in her own mind that they thought she was an easy target. Like she's yeah. not going to come for them. Yeah. She's married to a guy who literally believes yeah. like the Advil people are following. Yeah. Yeah. And Renat thought that Denise would think of it as, oh, this is just acting the way Rina does and that Denise would also play along and then come back. But Denise didn't. She mm. just didn't like any of that. Yeah. Uh, but this is why I think that this is why Rina and everybody else are not touching it with the six foot mm. pole. And they are like nodding and agreeing to everything. So when Erica says, I didn't want you guys to know because, uh, you know, I didn't want you guys involved and there's still going to be a lot of fallout and I didn't want you to harm you guys. So she's trying to say that I s- 
by not telling you guys and keeping everything secret, I actually was, uh, you know, protecting you guys. Yeah. And so they are all like, okay, then we'll play along and we, whatever you say is okay. But none of them know the details and they, they are dying to know. But both Kyle and Rena are dying to know what's going on. I think that they do know some of the details, which is why they're choosing to not touch it with a 10-foot mm. pole. Because mm. she says, oh, I didn't want you guys to have to hold on to this information because of how messy it could get. Mm. Now, I think that when Erica is saying, oh, I had to walk away and I had to move away out of this marriage, I think she does a very good job of sort Mm -hmm. of covering it with this idea of I just wanted to be a supportive wife and he just wouldn't let me in. Mm -hmm. I think that she's selling a good story because Mm -hmm. for those of you who watch the documentary, a lot of Tom Girardi is a very manipulative guy. Mm-hmm. He's a very, he's very, very good, even in like on in the um, testimonials from all of his clients that were wronged mm-hmm. from the victims, they are like, he does a really good job of sort of like being really sweet and calm and like really has a way of making you believe that he has your best interest in mind. Mm-hmm. So I can imagine that for somebody, and I'm just playing devil's advocate. Look, I think Erica is fucking terrible. But I'm just thinking from the perspective of a woman who marries a cocktail waitress who marries a guy who's 33 years older than her, who ends up having this multi-millionaire, this famed lawyer take mm-hmm. her in, do everything for her, take care of her son, raise her son, make her believe that this is the life that she gets to have because he's the guy that basically scooped up and saved her. Mm -hmm. For a woman like that to then end up slowly, you know, like she says, like, oh, he would say really like demeaning things to me, but I couldn't ever speak up or say anything because you end up, you're never going to speak up against somebody who you think is taking care of you. Mm -hmm. So I think from that perspective, I think she has a compelling story to tell there. And I think that's a believable story and a relatable story for many women to hear that and say, okay, I can see why maybe Erica didn't say anything for years and years. Because I mean, we've seen that that dinner they flashed back to where he yelled at Lisa Mm -hmm. Vanderpump and he yelled at Erica. That's probably who Tom Girardi is. I don't Mm -hmm. think he's like a super sweet, innocent guy. I think Mm -hmm. he's a, a little bit of a snake. But I think that when Erica says like, oh, I just had to walk away because he wouldn't let me in anything. I think it's basically that Erica walked away because she found out that he's doing all this shit and he's Mm -hmm. not going to protect her anymore. See, remember once once Erica's son was older, he's Mm -hmm. a cop. He's Mm -hmm. been out of the house long time. Yeah. So if Erica wanted to leave Tom at any given point because there was no chemistry or Tom wasn't treating her well, she yeah. could have. She chose to stay. Yes. She chose to put up with it. She chose uh, to, uh, you know, benefit from it too. Yes. Right? That's a choice Yeah. to be, you know, saying, okay, Tom, you invest in me as this performer and you can get me out of your hair, but this is, you invest in me and I will... I'll stay and I'll be, you know, you can be part of whatever success I have, right? Mm -hmm. That's a choice. That's true. Now, do I believe that they didn't have typical marriage? Yes. Do I believe that she might have been unhappy? Yes. Yeah. Do I believe that he might have been controlling? Yes. But none of that takes away from the fact that the past few years, at least, Erica has been able to live with that 
and make yep. a choice to live with that. And on top of it, it's kind of so. So having said that, what what made her stay and what made her leave then? So if she was okay with all of that, what changed all of a sudden? The only yeah. thing that changed was it wasn't worth it to put up with it. That's true. Because, because she it wasn't was literally... And worth it meaning like there was literally no money there anymore. No, no, it wasn't. So she was yeah. like, okay, I'm going to cut my losses and leave. Yeah. And divorcing him makes me a claimant too. So that puts me into a place where they cannot sue a claimant for other claims. So mm. that's not going to happen. So mm. it was calculated. I believe she has been consulting with some lawyer of some sort to get that. But she also wanted to make sure that she got what, what you know, all her investment in Tom, she got something out of it. She wasn't going to walk away empty handed, which if I, if it was not for all of those victims, yeah, I would say go for it, right? If yeah. there weren't victims involved that had better claim to that money than yeah. she did, we would all be cheering Erica. Yeah, it's It's because there's somebody that suffered from it and somebody who has a who has a much, much higher claim to that money. I agree. I also thought it was odd. You know that scene where she's talking to Rena and she says, oh, I dropped him off to work. I told him I loved him. And he said, thanks, hon. And she's like, he walked away like I was some sort of like like one of his employees. Now, Erica is telling Rena the story kind of straight face, no emotion. And they cut to the confessional and she's seemingly bawling. And I was like, Okay, I want to see what happened in the conversation in the confessional that led to her crying her eyes out in that moment. Yeah. Like, why isn't Bravo giving us that? And my gut says that it wasn't very natural, and that's why Bravo isn't giving it to us. Because like you said in the beginning of the season, Bravo is trying to give us Erica's redemption, mm-hmm. and they don't want her to look bad. Yeah, I think Bravo also is aware that people are now not putting up, like viewers are not going to put up with watching a crook on TV. Erica Jane is not Teresa. Teresa Judai still had some sympathy because she was a stay-at-home mom with three with four kids. Yeah. Whereas Erica Jane is presented as an ice-cold bitch yeah. who we're now supposed to have sympathy for. Yeah. And so I think Bravo knows that in order to keep her on TV, they need to make her look good. Otherwise, yeah. the viewers aren't going to put up with it, and I think that's what they're doing. So I think even Bravo knows that some of Erica's story isn't great. And I want to make a note yeah. about her makeup in that seat in the confessional with the red jacket. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you look at her eyes, the way they've done her eye makeup, you know, mm-hmm. Mikey, he knows yeah. what he's doing. The way they've done her eye makeup, her lower lashes, she has false lower lashes on, Uh and she has a ton of white makeup in her lower lash line Mm -hmm. to make her look sort of baby doll-like. Big eye. Big eye. Big eye. These yes, big eyed sort of childlike sweet eyes. Whereas if you notice her makeup in the past, makeup, season, the clean hair and the simple look and everything. Yeah. She I, is Mikey oof. is doing oh, he should go into that kind of work where you manage a crisis for a celebrity. <laughs> because that's what he is doing. He's managing yeah. her by presenting her in the best light to show that this is the mood that you're going after. Mikey is yeah. still on if Mikey knows his assignment and he's on point. Yes. He's on point. The, I know. The, the sad part about it is that Mikey is not going to get paid. Yeah. And then he would have nobody. To, he would have to change clients. Yeah, but there's a lot <laughs> okay, of criminals so Mikey, on Bravo. There's ooh. a lot of criminal women on Bravo that he can start doing innocent face makeup on. That's true. That's true. So of all the housewives, 
if Erica cannot pay Mikey, who should Mikey style next? Who should he oh latch on to next? I think that Mikey should. I would love to see Mikey style Giselle. <gasps> Could you imagine? Could I you imagine? had her too. I was thinking. Her too. <laughs> Could you imagine like next year because Mikey needs a job instead, instead like Giselle, Giselle just starts coming in with like these crap t-shirts and fishnet tights but it's just like erica's old wardrobe but it's mm-hmm. on giselle and giselle thinks that she's so hot but it's like still erica's wardrobe from 10 years ago because right. giselle's not good at being on top of fashion <laughs> uh, well he would probably have access to erica's clothes so he could probably just go decade after decade and pick like Two decades ago, let's put Giselle in that first. And then yeah, one exactly. decade ago, let's put her in that kind of... Now, I do want to make a note that they go to this party at Crystal's house for the dumplings. And Erica is talking about how she has put some sort of like THC lubricant on her vagina. Uh-huh. And it's making her feel lit. I have mm-hmm. a story to share about that. Oh. <laughs> Do I want to hear this? No, no, no. It's just cute. Remember in the past, I've told you how I went to uh, like uh, the Berkshires with my friends and we had like a yoga instructor Uh come and and then she also gave us massages. Well, Uh that lady also created, she was like very happy to share with us. She has an entire line of products of THC products, CBD products, and she also brought her own strain of joints. And one of the things that she sold (laughs) and gave us samples for was a product called Canapus, which Imagine like Erica Jane and Erica Jane's voice going like can of puss, can of puss instead of pat the puss. Oh my god. <laughs> and yeah, it's basically a lubricant. But I mean- <laughs> that is such a good name though. It's so good. It's such a good name. <laughs> oh my god. That was it. That was it. That was the story. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was a good story. <laughs> that was a good laugh to my stomach. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now, what do you think? Okay, I have a theory. Today's a day of theories. I have a theory about why Kyle and Dorit are quote unquote fighting. It's so fucking fake and transparent. So they go and they sit down and they hash they mm-hmm. hash things out. I think they purposely are doing this to create this narrative. That Kyle isn't somebody who doesn't listen to her friends. And even if she does, she's totally redeemable. And she just needs to sit and talk to people and everything is going to be fine. Like, it's Mm -hmm. such an active, it's so, it's such a clear, fake, contrived bullshit storyline that is only there to make Kyle look, Kyle and Dorit, honestly, look Mm -hmm. like people who can have disagreements with people, but they can just sit and talk about it and hash it out in order to kind of rehab their image from last season with Mm -hmm. things. Yes. That was a long way of saying I agree with you because (laughs) the minute they made up, 
they immediately started whispering to each other about about uh, Crystal and Sutton. They were like, and so okay, so we squashed our stuff because we can talk about it, got over it. So okay, good. Now let's talk about Crystal and Sutton. <laughs> It's so funny. And they start talking about it. And Kyle's like, I would hate for something to be made. Something oh, my to God. Be made, oh, my God. I was like, okay, Kyle, Kyle. Kyle needs to be put into one of those halls of mirror. You know, in a carnival, you have yeah. the hall of mirrors. <laughs> Kyle needs to be put in one of those mazes. Yeah. So ev- everything Kyle says and th- says she doesn't like or she doesn't want. Like, Kyle, look at yourself. It's mm-hmm. you. You. It's everything is you. You're exactly yeah. like that. Look at yourself. You I know. need to see your reflection. I want Kyle, Kyle stuck in a hall of mirrors. Yes, I agree. So what do you think about this fight with Crystal and Sutton? And what do you think about the term violated? In this scenario. That's a, that's a super strong term. Mm-hmm. I think it's an overused term in general. A lot yeah. of people say violated. Violated has a connotation of violence, right? Mm-hmm. And this is not violated. It's not violent. What do you talk? There's violation and there's, what is it when you disturb somebody's privacy? What is that called? Like overstepping your boundaries? Overstepping your boundaries, infringement, whatever you want to call it. So yeah. there's a difference. It's a milder boundary. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and explain why I actually happen to agree with Crystal in this scenario. Okay. So Crystal has already had an interaction with this woman where she has clearly made it obvious that she's probably a little bit racist, right? Mm -hmm. So that's Crystal's first interaction with this woman. Mm -hmm. Then as the time goes on, this woman is being, I don't like to use the word manic or crazy because those are actual terms and Mm -hmm. I don't want to be using clinical terms that I don't have any right to use on people. Mm -hmm. But Sutton is behaving in a way that is, let's say, unpredictable Mm -hmm. and a way that could make you feel uncomfortable as a person of color in a space with someone who has openly said some racist shit. Mm -hmm. So like when I'm around someone and someone says a racist thing, I automatically feel really uncomfortable around them the rest of the time. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't really matter what they say. And then on top of that, if they start behaving in a way that is like just weird, like Mm -hmm. the whole, is everyone talking about me? You kicked me in the car. It's like one thing after another and after another, Mm -hmm. right? You have this interaction happen. She literally literally said, you kicked me. And Crystal was like, you're being so weird. You're the most uptight person I've Mm -hmm. ever met. Like, calm down. Mm -hmm. And then she gets up and she walks away from that group. Now, the next interaction Crystal has with Sutton is Sutton knocking on the door, not waiting for Crystal to say, come in. Mm -hmm. Okay, if I opened the door and I saw somebody was naked, I would literally drop their coat on the ground and close the door and walk away. Mm -hmm. But Sutton opens the door. She walks in. She's like, well, I don't know what's going on in here. And then leaves the coat. And Crystal's like, I'm putting on my pajamas. And she's like, "Uh uh-huh. And then walks out because she's laughing. Mm. Those are all things that could make you feel really violated because it's a white woman coming in and first she says a racist thing. Then she's crying and saying that she feels she feels attacked. Mm. She feels like everybody's talking about Mm. her. She feels like you hit her. Mm. It's a white woman doing these things. And like 
from that perspective, if you look at it that way, there's now a white woman coming into my space when I'm naked and I'm clearly covering my body and I'm clearly on the ground, still coming into my room without me saying that you can come in, dropping my stuff in, and then laughing as you walk out. That's uncomfortable. And I can understand sometimes when those things happen, you don't realize how icky it made you feel. But the more Mm -hmm. you think about all of these things playing back to back, the more and more your feelings can get worked up. And then When everyone asks you about it, every time you repeat that story, it gets worse and worse and worse. That feeling gets worse. Yeah. And it it gets even more embedded in your brain. So I can see that. Yes. And so in that way, I do think that Crystal has a point at the same time. I also think that I can believe Crystal's point of view and also believe that Sutton didn't have bad intentions. Yes, exactly. It doesn't have to be one or the other. I think Sutton is ignorant and clueless, but I also think she's harmless. Yeah. But I can also see how her ignorance can be harmful to somebody who's having the interaction that Crystal had. So Crystal was on Watch What Happens Live, and she said that she overreacted. Uh And the reason she overreacted was because she was... Because she's still recovering from her food disorders, mm-hmm. eating disorders, and she's very, very conscious of her body. She's very okay. body conscious. So for her, somebody walking in on her naked has so much more connotation, which is why she dropped to the ground and curled up. Mm-hmm. And so when Sutton walked in and she did that, Sutton was taken aback she didn't know what was happening and she's like i don't know what's happening here but i'm giving you the quote yeah. and walked away so that's why sutton was confused sutton said i don't know what's going on and then uh, crystal said she literally overreacted so yeah she said that she had she and sutton had talked and now they are okay with each other and that's why she was so worked up about it now having said that she has every right to be worked up. if that's what she's feeling that's what she's feeling right yeah yeah. So, but uh, I also felt that it was it's not as black and white when it came to Sutton either. It's like yes, Sutton, I agree, said something, but she may not have meant it in a derisive way, just confused and yes. you know, I'm yes. confused and I'm awkward, so I'm gonna laugh about it. Totally. Way. So I think that Sutton didn't have a bad intention, and Sutton felt the use of the word violation was very it's a it's a connotation that has a lot of violence associated with it it's got a deeper meaning and that's what Sutton was understanding so that's where that's where I'm coming from that that word probably is not the right word for me in terms of that but I can see what you're saying about how Krista might have felt truly violated Yeah, in that moment, I think it's okay to feel violated. But I think that's also the key term. I felt violated doesn't mean that the person who was doing the action meant to violate you. Right, right. I don't think that one, you know, one doesn't whatever solidify the other one. So I did think it was hilarious that Crystal and Sutton have this like nice little talk on the couch Mm -hmm. privately. And they're like, no, we're just going to go and talk to the girls and we're going to say everything is fine. And then they go in front of the girls and Sutton's like, well... (laughs) <laughs> I have a bunch of other issues. It's like, okay, son, <laughs> this is why they decided to give you your diamond because <laughs> she's got, uh, you know, she's a dog with a bone the Ugh. way Teddy Mellencamp is, but yeah. like in a much more entertaining way. Yes. <laughs> It's like she has all these threads that need to be uh, put to an end. They all need to be knitted together. You yeah. cannot have any loose ends 
flopping around. Every little thing needs to be taken care of. Yeah. She just cannot help it. She needs to have that closure. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know that um, I was watching Kathy Hilton do her shorthand talk? Yeah. And I was like, I feel like if we weren't doing a podcast and I was just talking to Arthi all the time, she would do a lot of shorthand to make me understand things. Yeah. Because half the time when I'm st- – even in th- during the podcast, while I'm talking, I'm losing words in my head. I'm like, I don't know. What is that word called again? What is it called again? I know it looks like this and it starts with an I. You know, what is that word again? So I, can- I lose so many words. So it- basically, if you get the hint, let's keep moving. <laughs> if I think you – if I think you guess what I was going to say anyway, so why waste time? Let's just keep moving to the next topic. Also, you know, Kyle is doing this like new voice. Ben and Ronnie keep making fun of it too. It's like a Muppet voice. It actually is Kyle doing Kathy's voice. Right. I think that Kyle takes on because she's such a stupid copycat, right? (laughs) I think like when she hangs around with Kim, she takes on Kim's voice characteristics. Yeah. And when she hangs around a lot with Kathy, she takes on the deeper Kathy characteristics. Yeah. Yeah. She also, but she also sounds like King Julian from Madagascar. <laughs> so I can't always tell if it's Kyle doing King Julian or if it's Kyle doing Kathy doing King Julian, because Kathy might be doing King Julian also. <laughs> Kathy's not going to be bothered with it. She'll just move her fingers around and say, you know, and that'll be it. <laughs> That was awesome. That that was one time that I felt like Kyle. That was good acting. Yeah. Oh, and good good acting. (laughs) That was a good acting of explaining what Kathy does. Yeah. Yeah. It was. That was it. Did uh, Garcelle do anything interesting? I don't think so. I think there's a matchmaking thing. I don't care about it. Yeah. I think Garcelle is just to the side, enjoying all of this. I do wish that Garcelle said something. I wish that Garcelle in that moment didn't take a page from the other ladies, but instead said, Erica, so mm-hmm. what's yeah. going on? You know, yeah. Yeah. I wish that she said it, but I think maybe she was being empathetic to the fact that she's been through divorce and at least Erica yeah. is showing up because when yeah. she was going yeah. through divorce, she didn't want to show yeah. up. So, yeah. so, I mean, I guess she's being nice, but yeah. these women are vicious. So I hope that... Yeah, I want Garcelle to ask Erica a few questions. I want Garcelle to ask Erica a few questions at the reunion. That's what I want. Yeah. Well, that's it for this episode. We're going to release another one on Friday, which is going to be Family Karma. Mm -hmm. And then Saturday, we're going to talk about all the Real Housewives. Now, I know that um, New York yesterday was something. Yes. I haven't watched it yet. Tell me in one word, how do you think I'm going to feel? I think you're going to get, you're going to have conflicting opinions of ebony oh and ramona oh wait that's already how i feel about both (laughs) (laughs) so same okay (laughs) maybe the opinions will flip a little bit i don't know but i want to see i want to hear your point of view on that i can't wait it was interesting because i was like one minute I was Ebony and the next minute I was Ramona and then I was back at Ebony. It was, I would like to hear what you have to say about that. <laughs> I can't wait. All right, yeah. guys. Well, that's it for this, this today. <laughs> that's it for mm-hmm. today. Good. We're giving you three episodes this week. Like we usually do. I just realized as I said that out loud. <laughs> so we'll talk to you on Friday. Yes. We'll I'm so happy then. to be back. Oh, I'm so glad you're back. Bye.
Bye. Bye.